All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It's Sunday. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the phone Mr. Chris Sheridan. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great today. It's hot. Another hot day. Another but... hot day. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. I know. It's uh, it was it was summer. What's going on here? It's summer, and yeah, it's a it's a hot summer to be sure. I uh, was out this morning a little bit. We had uh, humidity here. Oh, in Las well, Vegas, which we don't. Yeah, so it was uh, probably 110 or 112 with humidity. So that was interesting. So, so really, really a nice combination. So, yeah, God, God bless us, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are speaking today on the subject of faith. We talked, uh, we're kind of doing a little series here. We started last week on uh, kind of how to navigate through these uncertain times with the ancient wisdom. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of faith. So we'll uh, get right into that in a moment. I wanted to just kind of thank everyone for supporting us. We really appreciate you guys. And if you can, please uh, support uh, us on a monthly basis if you're able to at anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye. You can make a small donation, even if uh, it's just 99 cents a month. That really helps us out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and Chris on that, a, if I might on jump that, in. Please jump in. Um, do, my I just, in full disclosure, I just wanted to uh, mention that um, I support a podcast on a monthly basis, so I don't really want to be asking for something that I'm not willing to do uh, myself and aren't already doing. Uh, but it's uh, Aeon Byte Gnostic Radio. Uh, Miguel Connor has a great, uh, very <laughs> entertaining, a lot of times, uh, website on uh, Gnosticism. And, uh, you know, worth checking out, but I figured I've listened to it enough times and, you know, we, we ask for donations. I'm like, so I, I've become a monthly there you go. patron or whatever for, uh, Aeon Byte. Fantastic. Um, there you go. All right. Well, so if you can, uh, do, uh, do please support, uh, if you're getting something out of it. And, uh, Chris's book is the spirit in the sky minds. If you can worry, you can meditate. And those are of course available on Amazon. Uh, All right, so let's jump into this thing. We are speaking about faith. We are going to look a little bit about um, faith from a biblical perspective. We're going to look at the New Testament a little bit from Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, And we're talking about faith in the sense of, I want Chris and I talked about this about the show. We want to kind of define what we're, what we're talking about here before we even, because we can say the word faith and it has a lot of different meanings to a lot of different people. Obviously we're speaking about the general, the general idea of faith. Um, We're not speaking about faith as a religious tradition, such as, you know, my faith or, you know, the Christian faith or the Muslim faith, something like that. Although that's an aspect of, of faith, usually there's usually some sort of you know con- some sort of orthodox religious beliefs behind it or symbolism somewhere. Um, but we're talking more about faith in general. We're using this um, New Testament passage because it's it's pretty familiar to most people. Um, if you've you know if you've read the Bible or if you've heard it somewhere uh, in passing, it's a very very common uh, way to define faith. Uh, so we're using that. But it isn't strictly uh, in the sense of just, you know, a Christian sense or any uh, specific religious tradition. But we're going to look at some of the ancient uh, ideas behind that. And of course, you know, Christianity itself comes out of uh, the ancient Near East. And it's, you know, out of, uh, you know, it's, it borrows from the wisdom of Judaism. It borrows from the wisdom of Babylonian and uh and persia etc etc as well as greek traditions and so on you know so there's a a mix of different things going on uh, within christianity itself Uh, but also of course just in that part of the world these uh, different shared faith traditions ideas and so on but again we're speaking we're speaking about faith and this is a topic today that in uncertain times in challenging times sometimes it can be difficult to have faith to have that sense or that conviction that things are going to get better down the road. And when we're in that space, it's when we need faith and vision the most. And oftentimes it's in that space when we're under difficulties, under pain or duress that it, we, we find ourselves lacking faith. And so we're going to try to address some of those things today. 
uh, and look at ways that, you know, you can, you can rebuild that faith in, in yourself and in your fellow human beings and, in, you know, in life in general, if you're feeling like that's been kind of broken down or you're fearful of the future, um, you're kind of discombobulated by these uncertain times, whatever it is, uh, we're trying to build that sense of faith within us. And that's the topic of the show that we're talking about today. So I'll start and then, uh, I'll start in this, on this, uh, this, this chapter, this Hebrews 11 chapter, and then we'll kind of touch on it a little bit and I'll hand it over to you uh, as soon as I'm done with this. Uh, so this is Hebrews 11. I just want to read this and you, this, you may or may not be familiar with this, but this is a pretty common description of faith. So this is Paul writing to the Hebrews. Uh, the meaning of faith basically is the chapter the uh, the title of this chapter in certain versions. I'm reading from the NRSV, the New Standard Revised Version. So now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions, excuse me, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And that word, uh, that word worlds there is actually the, the Greek word in there is, is aeons or ions. And it actually means time spans um, or, you know, it could mean spiritual worlds. It's a pretty broad word. So it's kind of an interesting word there. There's a very deep sort of symbolic meaning in that word. Um, so you can see from that, that very idea of faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. So now if we have proof of something and we know that something is going to unfold in a certain way, that's, that's just, um, you know, that's just experience. We don't need faith for that, you know? So, so that's the basic definition I, that we're, we're using so far. Chris, you had another good uh, word that you were using for faith. Why don't you talk a little bit about that idea and how that applies to faith? Okay. Uh, and thanks for making the distinction and kind of defining the term um, of faith because it's a quality. It's not a particular brand of anything. Um, and if there is enough evidence of something, you don't need faith. Mm -hmm. That's not where faith lives. That's a, that's a belief based on, on evidence. Um, and uh, with this faith also comes trust. That's the word I'd like to you know, they say, you know, trust in God or in God we trust, I guess, is what uh, United States monetary uh, notes uh, say. Um, but it's it's that kind of trust that you don't question. Um, because to have faith in something, especially something you can't see, touch or feel, um, there isn't that evidence. There's really no proof. Uh, there's no seeing of the unseen. Uh, so that's when you have to have trust. Trust is also works in that unseen area. You, know, you just have to trust that it's going to work out. It's almost the same thing as saying, well, you just have to have faith that things uh, will work out. Uh, so I like to think that it's, it's trust. Uh, and when you do trust something or someone, you don't really question it. Even if you can't see it, maybe there's been evidence before and you can rely on that again, maybe a track record. Um, but you, if you really trust, you're not questioning because then that's, that means you don't trust mm -hmm. <laughs> if, you're, um, if you're questioning something. And that's, I think, you know, we'll get to it as we, as we move on yeah. deeper. But um, that's part of where, where faith is, is that, that, you know, that conviction. Conviction is not something you question. That's something you, you really have a strong belief in. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. So it's a conviction or a quality within yourself, basically, that is a belief or a trust in something that you want to have happen uh, or a conviction in something that cannot be seen, something of an invisible nature, uh, which is why, you know, really, in some ways, faith is... I mean, in some ways, I would say it's the faith is the opposite of a sort of empirical evidence or, or scientific belief, you know, where you can demonstrate a hypothesis in physical reality and have that thing come to pass. And, you know, you know, you can demonstrate it across, you know, multiple 
uh, test test sites, whatever. However, you know, my my, my area is not 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 in science, but uh, the point is, is that um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't require any sort of faith because if you can't demonstrate it, you can't see it, feel it, you know, touch it, measure it in some way, then it's not scientifically accurate. So faith is really kind of the opposite in the sense that it requires, it requires a vision. It requires a a sort of unprovable hypothesis in a way, because you're moving towards something new. You're trying to create something new, or as Paul said, things hoped for, or the conviction of things not seen. So it's sort of the opposite of, you know, natural science, where you're trying to discover laws that exist and so on. But it is its own kind of law. It's just one of these things that's very difficult to get, you know, your get your finger on. But we've all experienced it. We've all experienced that time where, you know, we just knew you know, we, we knew we were going to get well. We knew that our, you know, our things were going to turn around. We knew that, you know, things were going to change for the better. Um, and they did, you know, or, or that time where, you know, and I'm in Las Vegas, so this applies, you know, the time when you're at the casino and you know you just can't lose. You're just, you have a conviction or a faith in it. You know, it's, it's something, you know, it's, it's that same sort of idea. Obviously, gambling is a, is a different different thing unto itself but it's the same sort of faith thing that you're bringing to it and in in a sense you know you're creating this conviction and this belief that something is going to happen you're almost ordaining it to happen you're decreeing it you know so you've got to have a certain sense of a picture or a vision of what you want to have happen and i think the challenge right now at the time we're living in is that people are uncertain. And we talked about this last week, and we've talked about this a lot over the last months. Uncertainty is the opposite of conviction or certainty. It means you don't know what the hell is going to happen, and you're not sure how the hell it's going to happen. And you, you know, and you don't have much faith that things are going to get any better. That's uncertainty. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that, you know, to get at this kind of part of the idea of faith it also requires you to have a vision for something different than you're living in at the moment and that's what's so hard of it because it's actually that the proof is actually the opposite of what what you're believing for you know for example like i'm sick and i'm poor but i want to be well and and i don't want to you know have have some you know have abundance you know, every day you get up and you see your, your circumstances and it reinforces negatively the, the trajectory of your life. And then you get into a sort of inertia based on those experiences. And that, again, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's logical. Here's my situation where I'm at and, you know, here's how things are going and, you know, why wouldn't they keep going that way? You know what I mean? But that's very, very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous because where, you know, as we know also from the Bible, where there is no vision, the people perish. So, you know, you've got to develop a vision and a clarity of, of where you want to go that those things hope for, the conviction of things not seen in order to stoke that faith, in order to have that faith, in order to have that conviction. You know what I mean? And it can be connected to something historical it can be connected to something that you have you know uh faith in that's that is uh you know that is you've seen it before or it's happened before or something like that that is possible you know you can try to recreate something good or recreate something a new iteration of something but i think um you know one of the real hallmarks of true faith is when you're trying to create something completely new and you just have no evidence that that thing is going to happen and you stick with that conviction anyway you know that's that's when it's challenging isn't it it is and i would say that any kind of visionary any innovator inventor um, has to have faith either that strong belief in yourself and or the belief and faith in your vision uh, because it will meet resistance. Anything new always meets the resistance of the status quo. Uh, we were talking at one point about the, the Tesla automobile um, and how that completely revolutionized, transformed. Well, it didn't just transform electric cars, it transformed cars. 
uh, what the way we look at cars and, and what that means. Uh, but <laughs> electric car was the last thing in the world anybody thought was was going to you know make any kind of oh yeah well that again okay it's the flying car oh it's you know the London Bridge you know let, let's see it um, and uh, but to even like scientific especially scientific advancements I would say if you're a scientist and you're advancing a new theory um, about something or looking at something in a new way that isn't you know, consensus-based, you know, prevailing belief on something, uh, you will be uh, ridiculed, uh, you might be fired. Uh, you, you meet great resistance at great personal peril mm-hmm. um, when you want to come up with something. But the faith, that undying, they call it unshakable faith, right? Mm-hmm. That it can't mm-hmm. be shaken or, you know, even if everybody in the world and the scientific community turns it down. Uh, but if you have that conviction that, no, this, this will happen, you know, the airplane will fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. and uh, it will get off the ground. Um, you know, it's, it's something that um, eventually people will come around because then they, they will see, you know, for you, it's on the visionary, it's unseen to them. But you've seen it because you've had the vision. Yeah. For them to see, you almost have to make the thing or somehow just overwhelmingly prove the thing. Yeah. That it works. Tesla had to sell a bunch of cars and people had to be very happy and they had to work very well before anybody else got on board with it. That was the proof in essence. Yeah. It yeah. was. But but the car came, you know, before the proof was delivered, mm-hmm. there was that faith in the vision, in the science, in the technology. Yeah. And faith also, and maybe even if the Tesla company had all the patents and the, you know, tech and they had, you know, a lot of knowledge that maybe nobody else did, um, you know, that helped fuel their conviction. um, What they didn't have until it went to market was that the public would accept it and Mm -hmm. the public would buy it. So there was there was still faith. And that was definitely unseen and believed that people would, would want this. Um, but since it hadn't really happened before, or a car brought to market in such a way, electric car, um, it was uncertain. It was yeah. unseen. Um, but I don't think they would have invested all that time and money if they hadn't had that faith. So it, faith works in science. Faith works great for atheists. Um, it doesn't yeah, have to be religiously point. God-centric. Yeah. Yeah, it's just think invention, think scientific innovation and invention. Well, that's it, definitely another another iteration of that. that's a good point. And I didn't even think about that when I was talking about science. But you're right. Even scientific movement forward and discovery always requires a certain amount of faith in a new hypothesis, doesn't it? And so, you know, that's 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 where science, you know, where faith is even, you know, just like you said, you're ridiculed at first when you come up with a new idea that's contrary. I mean, I, I can't remember his name, but the guy that. Uh, I think it was in Britain or something uh, that figured out, you know, germs were causing half the deaths in, you know, in, in, in hospitals because doctors were not washing their hands. And they thought that was just nonsense. What do I need to wash my hands? I go directly from delivering a baby to, you know, working on this guy's tonsils to, you know, over here. And they weren't, they weren't washing their hands because they couldn't see the germs. They didn't have a, a microscope that was powerful enough to see the, the bacteria and the germs that were invisible to their eyes. You know, and that was a, a wacky idea to wash your hands. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it was. Yeah. And so, you know, this stuff, it, so it required a certain amount of faith for, for, for that movement to take, to take place. And so that's, it's, it's so faith is even required in our scientific discovery, isn't it? So, and how much more so though, in, you know, in spiritual life and, you know, in artistic life, in our day-to-day life, do we need, do we need faith when we're trying to create something new, especially now, you know, we can see, you know, this, the, the problems of uncertainty right now, I think, you know, are coming from multiple angles. I mean, there's, there's, there's sort of a, there's social unrest and there's political issues and there's economic problems and spiritual challenges that go along with that stuff. And then you've got the, the virus, the COVID virus itself as an issue. And then, you know, various other things that are unfolding and it all seems very uncertain 
just everything is uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what's going to happen with that. And the thing is, is that in these periods, this is when we need to really get ourselves together and have faith and come up with a new vision for things in our own life, in our political lives, in our social lives, etc. Because honestly, we've got nothing to lose by trying new things, especially as, you know, if things seem like they're falling apart. A new vision isn't going to hurt anything, you know, and uh, trying something out, uh, most I didn't say it isn't going to, but most likely, you know, if it's well thought out and you've got conviction and you're trying to, and you're looking at things holistically, how they fit together with other things and, you know, all this, you know, you, you can come up with new ideas that, that could possibly, you know, be a vision for the world that's going to change things for the better. So especially in these kinds of times and people will be more open to these ideas as things begin to fall apart. Um, and this is the time when change is actually change actually can root seeds can, 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 you know, be planted, you know? And so if there's things in, you know, that you see, you see about the world that you're not happy with, you know, start, start to make those changes in your own life. And gradually, you know, you can kind of grow those changes out outward and, you know, you know, help, you know, your family can get on board and your neighbors can get on board and so on. So again, and we've talked about this quite a bit, you know, if you see like, for example, one of the things that I think is challenging today is that, you know, most of us have our, our, our lives based in, in one, you know, one source of income and, um, you know, like, for example, the whole economy is basically running on 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 oil, oil based resources, you know, petroleum, even down to the plastics and everything that we you know use and so on is all oil. You know, so you're 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 building this a system that's based on one commodity. You're building a life based on one income, for example, this job that you have. Um, you're basing a, 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 a food food crop on like three or four real, you know, staple crops, you know, soybean, corn, uh, oats, you know, sorghum, things like this. And most of it's used for feed for, for animals. Um, and again, you know, it's, whatever, that is what it is. But the point is, is like there's an instability when you're when you're basing your life on on one one proposition you know, like a one trick pony, quote unquote, it's, it's super dangerous. And the, and the earth does not work that way. And here's where we get into principles. The principle of the earth is diversity, biodiversity, and it survives and thrives by making millions and billions of different things that, that work together uh, in a, in a connected, interconnected way. That is the way the earth works. The way we try to do things is one size fits all. You know, we'll try to make one thing that works. If you know, and 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 the, you know, this this idea, of like for example, like oh, we move from from our petroleum-based economy to a solar-based economy. So then we'll have giant solar farms, but we'll still get to live exactly the way that we wanted to before. But it all be based on solar now. Equally stupid, because it's a one solution thing. You know, and solar doesn't work everywhere, you know. So obviously you're going to need some wind turbines. You're going to need water, you know. And my point is not to talk about ecological stuff here, but it's thinking about principles. So the principle of the earth is diversity. Biodiversity is strength. The interconnected webs of life are the way things actually work. And then when we try to make them work in a way where we just want one thing or a commodity to, to, to do you know, multiple things for us or our whole life is going to be based on that type of thing. It's, it's not the natural way of doing things. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, so here's where kind of like paying attention to the ancient wisdom, paying, you know, observing life and seeing how things actually work. And, you know, like thinking about the Tao, the Tao Te Ching, for example, you know, there's there's the idea of the, the 10,000 things. That's the multiplicity. That's the interconnected web of life. This is how things work. But then at the core of it, there's the Tao, and that's the unity behind it. Those are principles. You can bank on those principles. You can bank on the interconnected theory of life, the web of life, and you can bank on the unity that's behind that, the the source of energy, the the 
you know, the one source that's behind all that, that's giving us life. Those two things are immutable laws, you know, and that's just two of them that we're, we're looking at. But, you know, and that's where you can have faith in these things and you can understand that, that, you know, things work. They work without us having to do anything, you know, and you talked earlier about a seed, planting a seed in the ground, for example. This was before we were on the, uh, on the recording. A farmer has to have a certain amount of faith that when you put that seed in the ground, it's going to come up. You know, that there's going to be the right conditions to, to, to cause that to happen. But, you know, after they've seen it enough times, they realize, oh, you know, most likely most of these most of these seeds are going to grow and I'm going to get a good yield and a good harvest. You know, God forbid something should happen. But most most of the time you get a good harvest and that's life. You know, that's something you can count on. You can count on that that thing happening and, you know, you can count on that unfolding of life and you can count on that expansion and that that movement towards towards life. Um, you know, out, out there, you know, we do have to protect our natural resources. We do have to live in harmony with the earth and all that. But, but those are, those are immutable laws. As long as we don't mess up too bad, those things will work for us. Those are things we can counter. And you talked about some other stuff, cycles and things like that. Talk a little bit about that. Well, the ancient wisdom and the ancients who were wise that put forth and, and discovered some of these things, um, lived closer to nature. I think everybody did until just a few hundred years ago uh, and probably more further and further away from nature as we go. Uh, but you're right. Nature has these cycles, uh, the winter, spring, summer, fall. And in the dead of winter, it can be cold and food is running low and may seem like there's no end in sight. There's no life on the trees. They're all brown and dead. There's not even a leaf. You know, I mean, it's, this lush green summertime, uh, you know, memory seems so distant and will it ever return? And, you know, so many of the great rites of passage, uh, these great uh, rites of spring, uh, the solstice, you know, the equinoxes and fall, you know, for the harvest, um, the winter solstice, the return of the sun, the rebirth, you know, the sun's coming back. It's proof. And they had observatories we you, you believe that that it would but when it crosses the meridian and you you know it's coming back uh moving northward again uh, you know it's in the process of coming back through the next phase of this cycle so you can rely on that because the proof is even though you don't see it and maybe every <laughs> december 25th you know you're like oh my gosh or 21st you know, the sun stopped, you know, is it going to come back? Uh, but it eventually does, even especially when there's no evidence. And that's a great thing about the seasonal changes. There's so much evidence of it being cold and dark and dead. And there's no evidence of life. Animals have hibernated. I mean, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, but there is the wisdom of the years, of the ages, these cycles um, that you can trust even though it's unseen, even though the evidence is actually to the contrary, that this will come back, the sun will warm the earth, the green will arrive, uh, the flowers and the food and the crop and the harvest, you know, uh, that's why these things were so important and they were so celebrated. It's easy to say, well, that's just a pagan ritual because they, you know, worship nature. It's, it's more than that. Uh, they respected nature and these worshipful things, it was... Yes, you're paying homage to, to these natural forces, but really what you're doing, um, probably more importantly, is that you're recognizing those forces in your lives that the tribe will thrive again when yeah. you're able to plant uh, and harvest. Uh, and then the generation, there's another cycle. Then you have, a lot of people had a lot of kids um, back then. You needed workers in your farm. Um, but also there was a law of attrition that, you know, not everything survived, not every child. Um, and so you needed to have more, but that ensured that, you know, this next generation, well, we survived. Well, we can share our wisdom with this next generation and we have faith that they will survive. Um, but I, I want to, I, I just, because you were talking about it, it's so, 
you know, and, and things, these, these uncertainty things, I think, work in cycles, too. There's yeah. economic cycles and sure, environmental yeah. cycles. There's, you know, ice age, you know. I mean, gosh, what if, what if there's, you know, the global warming? I mean, there's, there's stuff that we're doing, but there's also earth cycles that, but they do come back uh, to a, a balanced state. And, um, you know, to have that trust, that faith, you know, that they will. Yeah. Um, and not really question it, uh, but actually activate it because it is an uncertain times. Actually, the more uncertain, the more faith you need. If things are certain and they're all laid out and you can see everything in front of you. What, what good is faith? Unless, of course, you want something new or something better. Yeah. Uh, but if you're all about the status quo and everything's being provided, um, what, what's what's faith for? It's when things aren't going well or are uncertain um, and it's a moment of great opportunity um, because the old has been broken down and it may not return it almost certainly will not return in the way it used to operate and it probably shouldn't nothing really should after so much time things either need to be renewed uh, or recommitted um, or they need to be transformed and change. And I think we are at this era of, of great change. And this mm. is where we need faith. Our scientists, our social scientists, you know, I don't have much faith or trust in some political bodies, uh, but in as much as we determine who these, you know, politicians and things are, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we will, from our own faith, um, put out new ideas uh, even things that, well, how's that going to happen? That's never yeah. happened before. How's that possible? I don't see it. Well, ah, get a hold of that vision. See it. See it in your mind's yeah. eye. And that's yeah. where the faith is. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I love it. And that's, you know, that's, that's the, that's the tough thing about it is, is that it does, like you said, it does require this, this, this new vision and so on. Uh, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't need faith if you could, you could, you could see it unfolding. And that's, you know, that's where, that's why we wanted to talk about this subject, you know, and speak, speaking of it about uncertainty, because, you know, these are really the times when faith is most required of us. It's when things are easy, we don't, we don't need faith. When things are, when things are going smoothly, we don't need faith. You know, everything's kind of humming along. When stuff starts to fall apart, you need great faith. You know, you have to have it. You have to have a new vision. You've got to create a, a new a new vision for something. And, and, you know, you made up a good point there. You know, yes, you know, politically speaking, we might not like what's going on. And hopefully, you know, we can make our make different choices and have better choices in politics and, and so on. But, you know, if things aren't changing the way that you want them to change them yourself, you know, and that's the thing about it. Oftentimes faith requires going against the grain. Faith requires a, a certain amount of of uh, being putting yourself up to maybe ridicule or or something um or misunderstanding by your friends and so on so if you really feel like you need to do things in a different way and you want to live in a completely different way and you want to be an example or you just think this is the way you know I want to live and you, you know you feel that i mean it's like in a sense like it's down at the uh, um Hebrews 11. So Hebrews 11, 7 talks about Noah and it says, by faith, Noah warned by God about events as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. You know, we know the story the world flooded and Noah, you know, packed all the animals and his family onto the ark and, and survived. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, um, metaphorically you think about this and it's like you may get a sense that things are not going to come back to the way that they were before you may not know where they're going you may not want them to come back to you know be the way that they were before and in a sense so you've got to you know like Noah you've sort of got to build an ark you've got to create a new way of doing things you got to do something to survive the quote-unquote flood you know and I speak again metaphorically Although in some places we may see flooding, you know, more flooding and things like that. But the, the point is, I mean, even real, realistically, but, but, you know, with this kind of idea, you know, you're, you're, that faith, that faith that uh, Noah had since he was warned by God is something no one else could see. 
it's something that came from within him. And then he had this vision, you know, created, you know, given to him by God to build this boat and how it should be. And, you know, of course he was told all that stuff, but you know, our own selves will give us information in dreams and in feelings and in hunches and so on that maybe, you know, things aren't going to be this way or that way. And we need to build a different way of doing things. And, you know, I kind of get back to earlier where I was talking about, um, you know, these one, having a source of just one sort of one source of income or one way of living. I, I think as we move into the future, we're going to need to be much more dynamic. This is just my opinion, but I think we're going to want to have, you know, two or three different types of, of income coming in. And then we're going to want to also have, uh, you know, save our surplus. And we're going to want to also have, you know, stores of things moving into the future, you know, so that we're more self-sufficient. And we're going to want to be able to, you know, I've said this a million times, and I'm still moving towards this myself. You know, it's a work in progress, but be able to grow a lot of our own food and raise some of our own animals and things like that, if that's the case. You know, really just kind of getting back to basics, like, Again, like our great-grandparents probably lived, most of us. Or even in some of our cases, our grandparents. It just, you know, it depends on how, how close we are to that. You know, mo most of us, either our great-grandparents or our grandparents had a more agrarian lifestyle and were either farmers or ranchers or some sort of semi-self-sufficient people at some point until they moved into the cities later on for jobs. You know, and what I think is occurring is, you can't really count on corporations and jobs, you know, and I think that people are going to realize, oh, I've got to be more self-sufficient and responsible and work with my community. And by community, I mean your local community, the people around you, your family, you've got to create what, you know, sort of a family economy as well. And this is a completely different way of doing things. But there, this is the thing about it. It's not as if there isn't a historical model to follow. You know, there's going to be new things and we have new technologies that make it easier to do this stuff now. But in some ways, we're going to have to live more simply and closer to what our, our grandparents were living like, I think. I might be totally wrong, but this is the sense I'm this is the sense I'm getting, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of good work being done in regenerative agriculture, permaculture and intentional community work and alternative energy and, you know, community oriented co-op things. You know, that's one part of your lifestyle. There's still going to be a national economy. Still, people are still going to have jobs. You're still going to use dollars. But what, 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 what a lot of the people are recommending and what I think makes a lot of damn sense is, you know, you're creating a lot of your own stuff. You're making things and saving things. You know, you're, you're storing food and you're, you're saving, saving stuff, uh, you know, for, for lean times. Um, you've got a sort of community type economy as well. You might have some sort of community money, uh, you know, that you can look up so things like these Berkshire, uh, Berkshire dollars, I think they're called or something like that. This is one of these community currencies, um, co-ops where people are trading, bartering, sharing, exchanging time banks, time banking money. You can exchange a service for another service. And then this time bank will keep track of your, your hours and then you can redeem your hours with somebody else. I mean, there's a lot of really cool, innovative things going on, but you know, it's going to require a much more creative, dynamic and faithful response. We can still have great lives. It's not a life of privation and, you know, scraping, but it's, it's a definitely a life where you've got to be more creative and use the resources you have in a much, much better way. And I think everyone is going to feel a lot better when we start doing that. You know, the, the lifestyle of, 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 you know, consuming, um, buying materialism, it's, it's, it's empty. You know, we've all felt the emptiness and, you know, and being in debt all the time, it's a tremendous burden. You know, if we can move away from that into a different way of doing things, I think more spiritually speaking, you know, philosophically speaking, mentally speaking, you know, our joy levels and stuff, all these things are going to go up. You know, it's it, it, we're look, concentrating on things like gross domestic product or gross national product or people's yearly incomes all the time. And, you know, whether or not there's consistent growth and profit in this or that corporate corporation or whether or not the stock market's going up all the time, who gives a shit? It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for most people. And that's, you know, people rest there and say, well, everything's great. The stock market's going up. 
the stock market's going up. Half the people in the country aren't working right now. Who gives a shit if the stock market's going up? Like, how, how is that a, see, that, that's, that's, you know, getting back to what's important and getting back to a sense of faith and getting back to a sense of like, um, you know, universal sort of principles and things like that. You know, the, the earth doesn't care about the stock market. In fact, it's one runs antithetical to it. You know, that's a construct made up and it's fine. I'm not knocking the stock market. It has its purpose. I understand it. I get it. All this, you know, I'm not anti-capitalist by any means, but you know, moving forward, moving forward, I do believe we're going to have to do things in a different way. And like I said, it's going to probably include two or three different ways of, of earning income and two or three different ways of providing for ourselves. And this is where we have to get creative. And this is exciting in a lot of ways when you think about it, because you could turn that hobby into a, a business. You can spend more time at home with your kids working on, on stuff like, you know, canning and and, and, you know, working in the garden and stuff, stuff that's like real tangible, meaningful work and doing things like you're doing. Chris has been working with wood lately and making stuff at home, um, you know, and things like that. And that you've, you've been enjoying that, right? Well, I have. And it's, uh, you know, you're talking about grandfathers and great grandfathers. I, you know, I learned from my great grandfather. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to know him uh, for many years growing up. Uh, taught me how to mow the lawn and how to fix things, electrical things, lamps and whatnot, uh, fashioning things out of wood uh, to either fabricate something uh, or to fix something. And having, and having the skills, not just to do one thing, but having the set of skills that you can do many things with. Mm. And I think that's where we're going to see a return. I mean, you could look at the electronic version and that might be coding. Um, coding, if you know how to code and you can code in certain languages, you could, you know, develop trajectories for nuclear missiles, or you could find an algorithm that might help, uh, you know, a dating site <laughs> run more efficiently. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there, would, there would be a broad range of things that you could use. Uh, what is it? You're talking about this universal uh, mm -hmm. underlying stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but yeah, if you know how to, you know, fix some things up, well, then you can paint any room in the house. Uh, if you know how to do a little woodworking and have, you know, moderate tools, um, you can fix up things or you can make a, you know, a table or a bench or, you know, something that, you know, improves something that you have. I made a railing for the, the steps uh, going from the outside door just out of, you know, two by fours. I mean, it's... yeah. It doesn't have to be elaborate, and I'm no master craftsman, but uh, but I can construct things uh, with minimal supplies, and, and there's a real satisfaction in that. If you mm -hmm. come home, come back from Home Depot with a carload of two by fours and a box of nails, and it doesn't look like much. Um, it's not very exciting, um, but when you can take that and you know with plans and proper measurement uh, and uh, discriminating on your, your cutting um, choices, uh, you can put something together uh, that wasn't there before. And you can, you know, I was making a spice rack earlier today and it's like, you know, there's, so what? It's a spice rack, but you know, there's satisfaction in it because now I won't have to hunt for things when I'm looking for them. And I just, you just made something with your hands. Yeah. Um, it's uh yeah there there is a satisfaction but yes it is a return to older ways um, but we're not going to go backwards there's absolutely none of that and you know, talk about cycles here's a, a great period of transition in humanity in world culture uh, certainly Western society uh, you go back to late 1500s early 1600s with the Renaissance and that's a new beginning a new birth yeah. And a lot of what was new was actually old stuff. It was some of the Greek philosophy and all the you know great Western traditions and uh, artistic techniques uh, were brought back. Other borrowed from other lands uh, because there was you know international commerce was was getting greater and greater in uh, you know the middle uh, part of that uh, millennium and brought you know bringing these things together these ideas. Uh, democracy and uh, great renaissance and then you have some of the, the most 
you know, amazing masterpieces and inventions from Da Vinci and, um, you know, the ways of, in which we interact um, mm -hmm. with each other. That was all brought up then. It was a new yeah. birth. And that came right at the end of the dark ages and middle ages and the plague and, you know, when all that stuff sure. uh, yeah, had good passed. Point. And it's like, well, here's a new, so I think there's a, like the new Renaissance, which is That's kind a of great redundant, idea. but but we, it, it could be that great. It could be that yeah. cool with music and art, uh, as well as democracy and fairness and a new economic system and philosophy can flourish again. We'll have to borrow heavily from the old, the good stuff that has withstood the test of time. Yeah. Uh, and But we live in this time now, so it has to be applied and, you know, maybe modified uh, to where it fits in this one uh, for our sensibilities in our time. Yeah. And also then has a vision of the future based on that foundation. That's great. That's a great point. And, you know, it's, it's like we said, it's like, you know, in this, in, in a time of uncertainty is when that stuff can really take root and take off. You know, if things were super stable and everybody knew where everything was going, you know, your new ideas would be met with much resistance you know, so there's a, there's a possibility now that things are going to come up and things will, people will take a chance on things that they might not have have done so, you know, a year ago or two years ago or 10 years ago. And so, you know, this is a, you know, there's a great, there's a great opportunity during crisis uh, times uh, to, to, you know, create a new future. And this is, again, where faith has to come into play because it's so difficult sometimes when you feel unsettled and you're like, well, what's going to happen? And I'm depressed and I'm bored and I'm stuck at home and, you know, I don't know where things are going and when are the kids going to go back to school and all these different things. At some point, you've just got to have some faith and you've got to reach down inside and connect to that deeper part of yourself, that higher part of yourself, pray, however you want to do it, meditate, you know, find that space within yourself that gives you a new vision and start imagining a future that you want to live in. That is better than where you are right now. It's different than where you are right now. And that does require a sense of faith, even if it seems like, well, it'll never happen. And I don't know how it's going to happen. You know, develop that vision, see yourself in that place that you want to be in and what you're doing and, you know, how, you know, and, and what your life is like and what you, how your family is and see, you know, see the different connections and, 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 you know, different outcomes you want. And then, you know, one of the things you can do then is if you see that you can kind of work backwards and think, well, what I, what can I do? What small thing can I do today to help make that a reality? What kind of things do I need to know to make that life a reality? You know, what do I, what, is there, is there a video I can look at? Is there a book I can read? Is there some research I can do? Is there a project I can undertake to learn and do some experimentation on, you know, to learn the skills that I need or, or whatever, or, or maybe I just need to try to start looking around at, at alternative ways of doing things just to get some information to understand what's possible. And I highly suggest that now because we've all got time to watch stuff on YouTube and watch stuff on, on, on TV and, and, and watch stuff on the internet and so on, get some ideas of how other people are doing things and get inspiration from them, you know, and, and start to build, build show. And like I said, I mean, if you're interested in doing things in a more ecological, sustainable, biodiverse way, start to look at some of the people that are doing interesting things in permaculture. You know, if you're interested in, uh, or, you know, in biodynamic farming, you know, Steiner's thing and or, you know, just organic farming in general and kind of see how people are building new lives. Look at some of the people that are doing like like self-sufficiency on one, you know, one quarter acre places and things like this. There's a lot of really interesting videos and books that, that are on this subject. A lot of people are thinking about this right now. And I kind of keep going back to that subject. But I do I do think that, you know, it's it's kind of emblematic of of, of a different sort of life, because it's one of these things where you're, where, you know, you're being more self-reliant, you know, relying on a business, relying on, 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 a, on the government, relying on, you know, so, uh, you know, social security, relying on a check coming. In. I mean, those things will probably keep, you know, keep going for, for some time. And most of the government stuff, I'm sure will keep going. I'm trying to be alarmist, but what I'm saying is, you know, 
think about how you want to build a, a diverse and dynamic life that has, you know, two or three different ways to keep yourself moving forward and multiple ways of being more self-reliant and, and more uh, sufficient, you know, and don't, you know, don't make the mistake of getting into huge amounts of debt, trying to start a new business or, you know, trying to do this or that. Is you know you're gonna dig yourself into a hole, and if you don't know where things are headed, you know it could be a, it could be a dangerous thing. I mean, if you're truly moved to like start a business and you need to borrow some money, I mean, do it. But but you know, try to keep yourself out of debt. Try to stay on a cash basis for things. You know, try to try to try to make sure you've got a certain amount of savings, and a, you know, you've got enough food around the house to last a couple of weeks, and things like that. And again, you don't have to become like a prepper or something, or get crazy with it and start burying things in your backyard. But you know, think about these things. You know, our, our, again, like our grandparents, especially the ones our, our great grandparents who lived through the Great Depression and stuff. Remember my grandma? She there was always canned stuff. There was always, you know, she grew tomatoes in the backyard. She was, you know, she could sew. She could, you know, she could knit. She had so many skills. She, you know, she was she could work. She could do like crafts and, you know, we need to be like that again, is what I'm saying. And you know, I'm I'm working on it and you're working on it. And I think all of us are trying to, you know, build that skill set so we can move more dynamically into the future. And, you know, it's, 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 it's an exciting time if you look at it that way. There are possibilities, and we definitely have advantages just by being in this country that a lot of people don't have. So, you know, make sure you're, you know, while you're, you know, while you're also, you know, feeling depressed and working through that, recognize some of the, you know, the advantages that you do have, that, that, that checks are coming in, that you still can eat and stuff. And that stuff is, is a huge deal. A lot of people don't have that. So be thankful for that stuff. You know, be thankful for the positive things that are going on. And that'll help build your faith. You know, be thankful that you're not in constant pain. Be thankful that, you know, that you can, you can move around and, and interact with the world, that you got friends and family around. Right. I mean, those are all those are all things you can put your put your faith into too. the things that are that are that are positive that are going on and look for them and continue to, you know, ruminate on them instead of the negative stuff. Right. Right. Well, you mentioned self-reliance and that, um, you know, brings me to, you know, when we're developing personal faith, um, parts about ourselves, maybe that are unseen, but we also have a conviction that we believe greatly and deeply uh, in these principles uh, be careful with placing where you place your faith if you know I just have to have faith that we'll elect the right person in November and you know if if you're putting all your faith in government mm -hmm. look at their track record done some amazing things I think they're since the Magna Carta and going way back before then there have been great documents of ideals on what it means to have a government, to be governed, uh, to be a citizen, uh, fairness, equality. I think uh, the founding fathers of the United States were able to see beyond their times. Uh, a lot of the things that were in there have yet to be realized. Some were realized in the 60s, more yet to come. Put them in the long lasting. That's why we talk about ancient wisdom, because it's it's timeless. It works in all times. And this is one time, but if you're putting your faith in, well, just the, the corporations will just, you know, they'll get the message and then they'll change their ways. The only message they'll get is an economic one. Um, if it becomes profitable to be ethical, they'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not because it's ethical, not because it's wise, not because it's benevolent. Yeah. So be careful with the placement of faith. If it's sometimes if it's other people, if it's an institution, institutions are notoriously status quo, especially mm -hmm. if they got somewhere, they want to maintain it. So they're maintain not it. really going to want to do anything new or unusual, even if times call for it. Look for the rebels. Look for we talked about Tesla, Elon Musk, uh, Look for some of the wackos. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, the Steve Jobs um, that are coming like, oh, how can you do that? That's possible. You can't do that. Those yeah. are the ones we need to listen to. But um, also, also beware of, of techno utopia ideals. 
because these guys will sell you those techno techno utopia ideals because they're in it for profit as well. You have to remember that. So temper temper their vision for the future with what you want to see. But also, you're right. Look to those those kooks that have those new dynamic ideas, right? Right. And if we just have, you know, think, well, I just don't have faith in government. Or you could even say, I don't have faith in God anymore. Look what's going on. Why do we have this virus? Why do we have disease? Why do we have hunger and sickness and death? Um, be careful which God you're praying to. If you're praying to a judgmental, wrathful God uh, or a God you don't understand, then you, you might not get much out of it. Um, have, have your vision of God, if that's what you need, have that be greater then mm, yeah an expanded know, a, a, vision. a status yeah. quo vision of god you know sits on a throne Good and point. looks down at, at creation oh my gosh make god bigger make god cooler <laughs> you know yeah right uh, or, or whatever it is well uh, we limit know, is, we limit the possibilities don't we by thinking god is this or god is that when really it's you know there's this infinite eternal uh, mystery you know that we need to we, you're right we need to expand our vision of what's possible of of that of that energy source and you know and we're limiting it god's not limited we're limiting our what we think god is and that's that's the danger right that's why so many traditions have either made the word of god unpronounceable um i have jewish friends who spell god g dash d they don't even spell it it's unspeakable it's unknowable if you know it it's not it um, any concept, you know, you've already limited it to human consciousness. So, yeah, if it's unlimited and all powerful and can go beyond your wildest imagination, then that's probably the kind of God you want on your side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember also, you know, one of the other principles that you can count on is that things are constantly changing, things are constantly in motion. You know, that, you know, we know that material existence is, is, is energy, you know, so things are in a constant state of flux and motion. If you can wrap your head around that and, and get in alignment with that, then the change isn't so jarring. You know, that, that's why I'm saying we, we live if we can live with a more dynamic and creative mindset, you know, not so stuck to our routines and so stuck to you know, this or that uh, ideal outcome of the future that we've been hanging on to since we were 15 or whatever, and, you know, be more dynamic and in that moving flow of life, then we're operating according to a principle, the principle of change. You know, there's a, there's a constant change. And yet there is still a, there is still a, a cyclical nature to that. There are steady seasons, the, you know, the sun and there's night and day and there's, there's, there's predictable, you know, patterns um, to, to this, to like, like you talked about earlier with the seasons and they're coming and going and, and all these different things. There's birth, life, death, and rebirth. These are, these are principles, you know, these are universal principles that exist that we can see. Uh, but, but along that line, that principle of change is that knowing that, you know, even in the midst of turmoil, at the end of turmoil, you know, there'll be peace. You know, you know, this too shall pass. But things go in cycles. And so have faith and look to the long term and the long, you know, the long view of things and realize that we're in the midst of challenge and we can make it better and we can do different things. But also, you know, as time goes on, things will things will will change. And if we want them to change for the better, we can definitely take action in that direction and pray for it and think on it and, and take actions that will help to create that new future we want. So, you know, you know, one more time now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval by faith. We understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And remember that idea you know, you're creating something in your mind and, you know, we're co-creators with, the, you know, with the universe. And so have a new vision for something that's possible for your life. And so make certainty in your own mind of where you want things to, to go. You may not know how that's going to happen, but have faith and confidence that it can change and start moving in that direction. Start doing the work on a daily basis to get you there. And that'll give you more faith as you see it unfold. 
Uh, so we're about an hour into this thing. Do you have anything you want to wrap up that maybe we missed or something? You well, wanna... I think the last thing you just said about growing faith, you don't have to have a 100% caution to the wind. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm, I'm not driving anymore. Um, that's great if that works for you. Um, but you can have a small amount of faith. It's the quality of the faith that's really important. And that, yes, as you utilize faith, if you do have a convicted belief in something unseen, unrealized, and it comes to pass, that proves your faith. And with that, you can extend and grow more because going back to the New Testament, um, oh, ye of little faith, all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. And in that parable, must, a mustard seed is very, very teeny, uh, but it can, especially left <laughs> unchecked, uh, like bamboo, it can grow into a huge, thick plant where you know birds can nest and, and all these other things. It's not just something you put on a hot dog. Uh, but that teeny little seed, it's, it's almost hard to see. It's like a speck. It's like a grain of sand um, can grow into a huge organism. So think of faith. You know, I love that you had, had said that at the end. You know, you grow your faith. Start small, uh, but a good quality with a small amount of faith, a quality trust that this unseen thing will come to pass. And there's your proof. And then you can grow more. There you go. Fantastic. And, you know, you can even, you know, if, you know as we talk about new thought all the time, even make an affirmation. You can make an affirmation of faith. You know, I have faith that things are unfolding in my life in a divine way. You know, I have faith that things are getting better and better every day and that I'm living my highest and best good. You know, I have faith that I, you know, will be provided with the vision I need to help, uh, you know, my family get to where it wants to be. You know, things like this, be dynamic with your with your affirmations, too. But, you know, keep your mind in that space. Do the work on a daily basis. Build that faith. Do take the little steps and take your wins. You know, when you see like if you're you know, if you're thinking, man, you know, I really I want to grow like, you know, 50 percent of my food, uh, you know, by by, you know, you know, a year from now or something like that. And you've only got, you know, a tomato plant in your window. You've started. You know, you've got, you've started. And then, you know, maybe that becomes some microgreens after that. You know, you got your tomato plant, your microgreens. And then you're like, well, you know, this is pretty, this is pretty easy. Maybe you get a little, you know, potted fruit tree that you, that you put out, a little mini fruit tree or something you put out on the deck. There you go. And you start building. And then you're like, well, you know what? I need more space. But, you, you know, and you can, and, you, and, and then, you know, you, go, you, you, you know where you're moving towards then. Now you need a house or you need a, place with a shared garden or you might want to get involved with a community garden that's just an example i mean it could be you know you could do that with anything you know with a with a small business let's say you want to have your own small business it's the same kind of thing you build it step by step you know you have that vision of, of where you want to go and then you you take the daily steps to to do it and that requires faith and the faith will reinforce itself as you take those steps you know and as you believe on it and you begin to see it unfold and you take the, the necessary steps and pray on it and affirm it and do, you know, do the work, you know, that we've talked about a million times on this show, you know, and look, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Chris isn't perfect, you know, but we're trying to do this work as best we can and keep working and moving forward. And we know you guys are as well. So, you know, I just want to let you know, we're, we're, we're praying for everybody. And, you know, affirming positive things for everybody that's listening and everybody in general. But I uh, hope you guys, uh, you know, are moving forward. So I think that's going to about do us uh, for today. Uh, unless you have any any last parting words. I, mean, I liked your, 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 your pre-parting words before. <laughs> but unless you post, have, post-parting. <laughs> do you have any post-partum words? <laughs> right. yeah, just, just quality. Faith is a quality. Faith is a quality. Not a thing. Um, quantity isn't as important as the quality of your faith. That's a good point. That's a great point, actually. And and I and and the and the dynamic nature of it. I like that mustard seed. So plant it and let it grow, you know, and allow it to unfold. All right. Well, faith in uncertain times, have them, and also again know that you know this too shall pass. 
you know the you know we've we've survived challenging things and we're a resilient country uh resilient you know human humans are incredibly resilient and we will you know do our best to move forward and and i have faith in us um so let's keep let's keep working thank you for joining us each week at the on the cosmic eye show uh we also have a show on friday the emmett fox friday show if you haven't listened to that check that out that's fun um we are at CosmicEye.org. Uh, Chris's website is ChrisSheridan.com. And as I said before, his, uh, his book is uh, The Spirit in the Sky. Mine is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. You can get that on, on Amazon. Chris's book is available on Amazon. And he has a link on his site as well. And you can go to anchor.fm slash CosmicEye to support us or CosmicEye.org. You can find information there about us as well. So thank you for joining us. Have a great week. Keep the faith. Goodbye and God bless.